you can't trade Alex Steen. And Regina, or Regina, if she were a town in Canada, uh, she responds with, why not Bennington? Real men do drink pumpkin beer. Get ready to hear some noise tonight. Hi there, everyone. I'm Haley Wickenheiser, and this is Let's Go Blues Radio. This is Eddie Garcia from the Fox Sports Radio Network and co-host of the Puck Podcast, and you're listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Hi, guys. This is Erica Weston with Fox Sports Midwest, and you're listening to my favorite St. Louis Blues hockey podcast, Let's Go Blues Radio. You're just seconds away from Let's Go Blues Radio. Hi, everybody. This is Ken Wilson. Once upon a time, I broadcast blues hockey. I always listen to Let's Go Blues Radio. It's everything you'll want as a blues fan. Oh, baby. Hey, everybody. It's Jeff Ponder. And uh, no, folks, this is not Let's Go Blues Radio. This is the Alexander Steen Show. But before we get into that, we have a few important blues and NHL notes to get to. Uh, big congrats goes out to Ryan O'Reilly on being named the Blues' 23rd captain in team history. It's not official yet, but Jeremy Rutherford at The Athletic, he broke the news uh, Sunday night, citing multiple sources. But the real question is, was it really going to be anyone else? It's been widely reported also that the NHL and NHLPA have formally approved a 56-game schedule that will begin on January 13, 2021, with a four-round best-of-seven uh, playoff format after the season, which is typically what we see. It's believed the postseason would end in mid-July 2021-22 will be a regular hockey season starting in October. That's the plan for now, but make sure you tune in next week as we'll have more analysis on all of this and everything else going around the NHL. But as I stated, there is one point to this show, and that is to pay tribute to the recently retired St. Louis Blue, Alexander Steen. Welcome to the Alexander Steen Show. As you all know by now, the longest tenure Blue has hung up the skates. This was due to degenerative herniated discs in his back causing enough pain to halt his career after 15 seasons and 1,018 games. For the Blues, Steen ranks fourth all-time in games played with 765, ninth in goals with 195, sixth with 301 assists, and fifth overall, 496 points, which is very impressive. Only Brett Hall and Alex Petrangelo have played more playoff games for the Blues than Steen, who has appeared in 91 postseason games. To close out his career, Steen played in all three round-robin games in the 2020 playoffs, but was limited to just one game in the Blues' six-game loss to Vancouver in the first round. This news broke just after the recording of last week's Let's Go Blues Radio, so I thought it would be perfect to have one show dedicated to one of the truest Blues of all time, Alexander Steen. I jumped on social media last week and asked for people to send in videos of themselves discussing Steen's career or a favorite moment or a favorite memory. I received some great submissions, including one from friends of the show that know Steen personally. We'll get to them in a moment, but uh, I want to go ahead and kick it off with a great friend of mine, co-host of Let's Go Blues Radio, guy who knows the game in and out, Kurt Price. Hi, this is Kurt Price, owner of LetsGoBlues.com and host of Let's Go Blues Radio, the original blues hockey podcast. Alex Steen, 
I'm sure a lot of people in this video tribute montage are going to rattle off your stats over your NHL career, so I'll leave that to them. I just wanted to say thank you for being the quality player you were, and thank you for playing a key role in helping bring the Stanley Cup to St. Louis in 2019. I'm 46 years old, and I've been a Blues hockey fan for as long as I can remember. And and over the years, I had slowly accepted the idea that the Stanley Cup was just something other cities got to celebrate. Not seeing a trip to the Cup final in my lifetime, after decades of rooting so hard, living and dying with the team, it just got to be something in the back of my mind that I just expected. Some other team was going to win the Cup every year, every single year. But in 2019, after the turnaround that started in January for the Blues, shooting up the standings, looking unbeatable most nights, the attitude of the team and and how it just seemed to ooze confidence and the relentless effort that caused things to keep falling our way in the playoffs, St. Louis became a believer. And in Game 7, I remember saying to anyone who would listen, they've come this far. They just can't lose this game. They, they, won't, they won't lose this game. Then when the clock ticked down in Game 7 against Boston and it was... It was. It had set in that it was actually finally going to happen. I, I know players always say it's a real hard thing to describe uh, winning the cup, and and I can I can tell you it's no different for a diehard fan. You just can't accurately explain the feeling, and you cry tears of joy because you simply can't believe it. So thank you, thank you for helping give me and so many Blues fans that special feeling that they can't describe and never thought that they'd get. So it means the world to so many of us. It's not often in any sport for any player to spend 12 years with one team. And you were a joy to watch because you played with passion, you cared, and it showed. So uh, thanks for 12 years, 12 great years in St. Louis, Steiner. We hope you enjoy your retirement as much as we enjoyed watching you play for the St. Louis Blues. Next, I want to introduce a longtime listener of the show, an intelligent hockey fan, and someone who I respect as a Blues fan, the young Austin Lynch. What's up, Jeff? What's up, Let's Go Blues Radio? My favorite uh, moment from Alexander Steen is probably, uh, I believe it was around 2013-ish, whenever uh, Steiner scored the overtime goal against the Kings, and I believe it was the Western Conference Final. Um, I'm going to miss him. I wish him the best. Let's go, Blues. I'll open this up to my friends across the Blues podcast realm as well. So here's Chris Frank of the Blues Hockey Podcast to discuss the legend of Alexander Steen. Hey, guys. It's uh, Chris from the Blues Hockey Podcast. Uh, Go Buffalo Bills uh, because it is football season right now. But I just wanted to give my memories on uh, Alexander Steen's career and my favorite moment uh, is obviously, well, not obviously because everyone's got their own, but for me personally, it's uh, the overtime goal against Jonathan Quick in 2014. <clears throat> I was on a road trip for work in Austin, Texas, and uh, had to go to a bar to watch the game, and they were about to close when overtime started, and I begged them and begged them to stay open, and it was just myself and the bar staff watching overtime, and when he scored, we all went nuts, and the bartender poured shots for me and him and everyone else in the restaurant. So uh, congratulations, Alex Steen, on a great career. And, uh, yeah, that's my memory. Go Blues. Our next guest was the star of the Deadpool movies as well as Just Friends and Waiting. His next blockbuster hit, Free Guy, is due out in 2021. Wait, what's that? 
Oh, uh, I'm being told uh, this is not the same Ryan Reynolds. Uh, nonetheless, Ryan is a knowledgeable Blues fan who I've conversed with for many years. He wanted to add something about the longtime Blue as well. Alex Steen is one of my favorite St. Louis Blues of all time. I tend to gravitate towards maybe the less marquee names, even though he's a very valuable player. But I feel like he occupies such a unique space in Blues history because of his career, his arc, his story arc as a St. Louis Blue, where he was the young up-and-comer on a team that was trying to turn things around. His peak years, he had the 33-goal season. I mean, he was so valuable as a two-way player on those really good teams in the early 2010s that could never get over the hump. And then the back half of his career, the contracts didn't look good on paper. His skills were declining a little bit because of age and injury. No story ends perfectly, obviously. And it was, it was easy to see. I mean, the guy had put his body on the line for so many years and he's on this team that maybe we didn't know at the time was rounding themselves into a legit Stanley cup contender. And he was a veteran on that team, a leader on that team to kind of, to kind of complete the full circle arc of his career. And clearly you can't talk about the 18, 19 team without him and, and Jake Allen. I mean, there was plenty of stuff going on, but those two in particular, taking the reduced roles that was sort of the catalyst to everything after that. I mean, there were so many things going on, but to me, Steen taking that fourth line role was such a symbolic piece of the puzzle that had been missing. And I remember thinking, cause you're as a fan, you're in your head so much. And this is when we still don't know if the blues can actually pull off a Stanley cup win. But I remember looking at the roster during that playoff run and this isn't a hindsight thing. I remember thinking this, I'm like, this thing, this roster is so deep. And then you have Alex Steen on the fourth line. And there was a comfort in that because even though he wasn't the player that he used to be, if you just get sparks of Alex Steen, the Alex Steen that we, that we know it's, it can go such a long way and clearly it paid off. I mean, it paid off and it was such a, I was already a huge fan of his, but it was just my respect level went through the roof to see a guy that could have let ego get in the way could have let status or whatever. And we're on the outside looking in, but in terms of the leadership and what kind of teammate would do that, a guy that would put the St. Louis blues franchise first and foremost, to try to get the cup, to try to achieve the thing that they wanted. And we as fans wanted and actually pull it off. It's, it's incredible. It's incredible to see on the outside looking in. And I'm just happy that he can retire as St. Louis blue he put everything out there on the ice every single night for us as fans. And I'm so appreciative of that. And ultimately it paid off. His name is on the Stanley cup under the St. Louis blues. The guy is a legend. And I'm just so happy. We got to watch him for 12 years. Don the note as a St. Louis blue. Next up, you'll hear from the other member of our three team panel, Bill day. He's one of the most intelligent hockey minds I know. And he has voiced numerous times on the show how important Steen has been to the St. Louis Blues. Hey, this is Bill Day, a.k.a. Billy Blue Note, one of your co-hosts for Let's Go Blues Radio. With Alexander Steen announcing his retirement this week, I wanted to take a moment and congratulate him on a great career and share one of my personal favorite memories of his playing career. His dad was a legendary hockey player in Winnipeg when I was a young hockey fan. 
uh, and I had heard from Steen's time in Toronto that he was a chip off the old block. Uh, the trade that brought him here was one of those moments uh, when I sensed that the team was starting to change directions and expectations, and like something was starting to be built. Um, the moment I'm going to share was uh, a moment that he became one of my favorite players, um, and it's several years after he joined the team. Um, he had had a couple of seasons hampered by injury, uh, only getting him 40 games in 2011-2012 and 2012-2013. Um, going into 2013, 2014, um, you know, we still had high hopes, uh, that he could get over the injury bug and man, did he start that season on fire. Um, <clears throat> the moment that, uh, I'm going to share is, uh, the night that he scored two goals in the first nine minutes against Montreal, the day after signing a uh, contract extension, uh, his first contract extension in St. Louis. Um, I know us in the podcast world uh, have hemmed and hawed about uh, you know his contracts over the years, uh, but at the time, um, with where he was and the form he was in, it, it felt like a major bargain. Um, so you know this game was a Christmas time game, uh, and it was actually I had tickets two rows off the ice right behind the Canadians bench, Christmas present for mom and dad. Um, like I said, Steen scored two goals in the first eight minutes of the game. Um, the first, the shorty on a great setup from TJ Oshie, um, where they came down two on one. Uh, Oshie drew Alexei Amelin to him and dished a nice cross slot pass. Steen gathered it and had the patience to outweigh Carey Price, who slid across. And uh, Thomas Placanek was coming in on the back check, and Steen had enough patience to outweigh both of them reach across into positive far side and it was just an absolute beauty of a goal um and everybody was out of their seats uh and then uh not long after that about a minute later steiner took a penalty uh was in the box i think for holding um the blues killed it off and when he came out of the box uh, he followed Derek roy into the uh opposing zone um, took a drop pass from Roy, who then set a nice screen. Uh, Steiner just ripped a wicked snapshot. Short side, top shelf. Carey Price never had a chance. Um, you know, eight minutes in, the Blues are on fire. Uh, absolutely dominant performance. Um, you know, his official line from the game was uh, two goals, including a shorty in the game winner. Um, no assist, two penalty minutes, and a plus two. Um, you know, my memory, you know, in my memory, I thought he had had to have had another assist in that game, but uh, either got taken away or, you know, I'm just making things up at this point. Anyway, it was just one of those performances that you'll never forget as a fan being there in person. Uh, when you get to see a player who is at the top of his game, I mean, going into that game, he is 22 goals, and he was only behind Alex Ovechkin. And that, that wasn't the type of player that we necessarily thought that he was going to be. But that year, he just absolutely lit it up and energized the team uh, the team was rocking and rolling and it was a, a great time to be a blues fan um no comment on uh, what jersey I, I was wearing that night um 
But, uh, you know, I, I hate that it's a, an injury that's led to his retirement, uh, but I'm glad that he finished here. Uh, over the last couple of years, I had this nagging thought that, uh, you know, he would go, quote-unquote, home to Winnipeg uh, to finish out the uh, playing days. Um, again, hate that it's an injury that uh, ended his career, um, but I'm glad glad that he was able to finish it here uh, as a blue um, you know, he's, he's a member of the team that brought the cup to St. Louis for the first time. You know, he, he will be royalty in this city forever. Um, just like his dad in Winnipeg. Um, you know, just everything that he brought to this organization, the leadership, the sense of humor, you know, and everything he brought to the community. Um, you know, I was always impressed by his community outreach efforts and especially, you know, his efforts, uh, with, uh, Stray Rescue and Randy Grimm. Um, so going to miss him as a player. Hopefully he stays connected to the organization after, uh, being able to spend some time enjoying the family. Congrats on the birth of the new baby and congrats on a great career, Steiner. Uh, thanks for being a part of the team that finally brought it home. Let's go Blues. Listen up, guys. 2020 sucked. There's no sugarcoating it. It's almost a new year, which means new balls with our sponsor, Manscaped. Manscaped is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming, offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels and helping 2 million men all over the world get rid of that hair on their balls. If you let yourself go in 2020 while in quarantine, Manscaped is here for you to reboot and stay clean and shaved in 2021. I know that when I had COVID, I was definitely uh, uh, letting things go a lot easier. And uh, when I came out of it, I said, "Ah, Manscaped's my friend. They're here for me and they have plenty of great stuff. And they're here to give me a fresh start in 2021 and they are for you too. Uh, check out the Perfect Package 3.0 that has all the right tools for the job. Come out of quarantine with clean balls thanks to the Lawnmower 3.0. This waterproof and skin-safe trimmer will reduce nicks to your two best friends. The third-generation trimmer even has a light to give you the glow-up you need in 2021. It's also time to freshen up down there this new year. The Crop Preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? And for on-the-go freshness, you'll love the Crop Reviver Ball Toner Spray. 2020 was awful, so make sure your boys are refreshed and ready for new beginnings in 2021. Manscaped even threw in their shed travel bag to keep all your goodies stored comfortably. Speaking of comfort, the Manscaped Anti-Chafing Boxer Briefs are also included and are hands down the best underwear you will ever wear. That is the, remember, the Perfect Package 3.0, which can be seen at manscaped.com. A guy with hairy balls is like the year 2020. Don't be that guy. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code LGB at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Kevin Shattenkirk in the penalty box. Blues to a Verizon Wireless penalty kill. I'll take a shorthanded goal. Audi will play the puck over the red line. I'll bring it in. Lose it. And a good play there as Petrangelo smokes it out of the zone. Blues get it deep enough. They're able to make the wholesale change. Steve forces it. He shoots. They score! You can bring out the Zamboni! 
The St. Louis Blues have had one member of their team present for as long as anyone can remember. As a public address announcer for the Blues since January 4th, 1987, Tom Calhoun has seen many memorable moments in Blues history. After announcing more than 1,500 consecutive Blues games, Tom has seen few athletes as important to a team than Alexander Steen. This is Blues Public Address announcer Tom Calhoun. I first want to congratulate Alexander on a wonderful career. Uh, You don't see many players in the uh, sport last as long as he did and play at the intensity level and with the physicality that he had. I've seen a lot of them come and go, and uh, he came and really uh, made his mark on Blues history. Uh, I remember uh, Alex becoming Alexander back in 2012. I tell the story that uh, one night I was informed that Alex Steen would henceforth be known as Alexander. And it just so happened in the early game that season, he got a penalty came into the penalty box, and I looked over at him and said, so you're going to be Alexander now? And he said, yeah, I guess it's time I grow up. And I don't know exactly what that meant or means, but uh, it was an interesting comment. And, of course, uh, ever since, he's been known as Alexander, and we've announced him that way. And uh, I think that's an homage, if I could guess, to his family and... uh, his given name, and probably something uh, to do with his heritage. Of course, everybody remembers the OT shorthanded goal in the playoffs uh, versus L.A. in uh, 2013. What a terrific moment that was. I'll also always remember him celebrating like crazy uh, under the arch, on the stage, after the cup parade. He was as happy as can be, and uh, nobody celebrated any uh, happier or harder than uh, Alexander did on that day. Intense during a game, but uh, I would occasionally get a wink or a nod when he came into the box uh, uh, about something I announced or or something going on in the game. Uh, I'm not ever that close to the players these days, but uh, certainly uh, you have to admire and and uh, always respect the way Alexander played the game. Congratulations, Alexander. It's been an honor to announce your name. And our last guest of the show is someone who was vital to Steen arriving in St. Louis, where his career truly flourished. On November 24, 2008, the Blues sent Lee Stepniak to the Toronto Maple Leafs in exchange for Steen and defenseman Carlo Koliakovo. The veteran defenseman of 470 NHL games called it a career in 2016, but is still very close to the game and has followed the remainder of Steen's career in St. Louis. Carlo took some time out of a busy time of the year to talk with me about his longtime friend and teammate, Alexander Steen. So I'm here uh, again joined by Carlo Koliakovo, friend of the show, friend of Let's Go Blues Radio, Carlo Koliakovo. Uh, Carlo, thanks again for coming on, and, and obviously I know We've got a very important uh, discussion to have here about one of your former teammates and I assume current friends, Alexander Steen. But uh, again, thank you very much for coming on the show. Always a pleasure, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Uh, you caught me at a very convenient time. I mean, man, I'm at home and I'm doing anything. So yeah. we are yeah. all stuck at home and, uh, you know, uh, we are just trying to grind our way through this. Yeah. I mean, uh, we were just talking off air about how, 
you know, you're not only trying to do your job from home, but you're also a parent, you're a teacher and, uh, it's, uh, it's an interesting life right now. So, uh, it really is. And, uh, I think I said it in the beginning, especially when we went through the summer months, um, you know, where school had to be canceled early is how much respect I have for teachers now because of the jobs that they're being asked to do with, you know, teaching kids, you know, babysitting kids, uh, on, on a day-to-day basis. And, um, I love kids. I love my kids, but having them home every day at every hour of the day is, uh, is a break that we are all looking forward to. And I think they're looking forward to it too. I mean, they miss their friends, they miss their family, they miss their cousins. So, uh, we are, um, excitingly, um, welcoming 2021 into our lives. Let's just say we- that. You know, it's funny we say that, but, you know, you never know what could happen. So ho- hopefully it's a better year, I guess. We'll You're right. Out. You're right. You never know what can happen, but it, uh, it's hard to imagine it getting any worse than, than, than <laughs> what we've all experienced in 2020. So fingers Agreed. crossed and uh, let's hope for, for some sort of normalcy back. Right. Uh, so, Carlo, again, uh, wanted to, to reference the fact that uh, you were brought to St. Louis with Alexander Steen. Of course, the news coming out yesterday and Mr. Steen is going to retire from the NHL due to some injury issues. But uh, you came in the trade that sent Lee Stempniak uh, over to Toronto, and uh, you and uh, Alexander Steen came back in the, in the trade. And uh, obviously, Steen had a long career here in St. Louis, and you were here for a fairly long time as well. Um, what was uh, going back to that day? How close to you, uh, or how close were you? to Alexander Steen and, and um, you know, what did it feel like to be traded together and, and, you know, did it make you guys closer? Uh, well, me and Alex were really close in, in Toronto because, you know, I got drafted the year before him and he came in as the next guy as the, the first round pick for the Maple Leaf. So um, the young guys in an older locker room would be the guys hanging out together and doing their own things. And Alex was always, a very reserved guy, um, you know, did, did, did a lot with his, with his family that was in town. And, um, you know, obviously me being from Toronto, I had my own family in town and friends and stuff that I hung out with, but, you know, at the rink, uh, you know, being the younger guys that we were, we would always, you know, um, be the voice of reason for each other and, um, you know, help, you know, monitor each other's own situations through, you know, our ups and downs. And Alex obviously came in uh, with bells and whistles, uh, got off to a really hot, hot start, was playing on the line with Matt Sundin. And, you know, being uh, two Swedes themselves, they, they they found their own connection. And I think that's what made Alex very, very comfortable. And, um, you know, in a pressure market like Toronto, where you come in with s- such high expectations and then you find, you know, some struggle in your game, you start to face criticism. And I think for both me and Alex, what hurt the both of us in, in, in Toronto is that uh, the expectation here uh, and every year in Toronto is to win. And we were playing on some losing teams. And um, I know John Ferguson Jr. was trying to push a youth movement, but uh, a youth movement with not enough patience. And ultimately, it led to his departure. It led to changes in the coaching staff. It led to changes in management. And in 2008, when Ron Wilson came in, uh, we were all told in the beginning of the season that the 20-game point was going to be used as a measuring stick as to what direction this team was going to go, uh, whether you were going to be part of the solution moving forward or be, um, you know, the guys uh, being shipped out to help find the solution. And 
Um, I don't think either of us thought we were going to be uh, on the way out because of the the criteria that we fit with the team, being first-round picks, being highly touted prospects. But uh, ultimately, there came a point there where you kind of saw the writing on the wall. And for me, at least, you know, I didn't play much the first uh, season under Ron Wilson, and I never understood why. Um, and every player has those same questions with any coach that they, they, they um coached by and for Alex I think he found the same struggles that season too where he kind of you know he got off to a slow start and couldn't really find a fit and was being maneuvered around and I didn't really know how much discussion there was for him to be moved but I know in my inner circle there was rumors of a potential change and I have to be honest with you as much as I didn't want to um, you know think about it I welcomed it because I felt like it's what I needed to um, you know, get a fresh start somewhere else and just remove myself from the cloud that I was living under in Toronto. And ultimately that day happened and I never thought in a million years I'd be, you know, sharing that day with another teammate or even a guy like Alex Steen. And ultimately I think we were both surprised when we were <laughs> called into the same coach's room. Uh, when I got called in, he was already in the room and I, you know, I went in there and I'm like, what are you doing here? And he's like, I don't know, I was told to come in here. And so as I sat down, Cliff Fletcher strolls in, and you kind of just know that you know, I've never been traded before in my career, never knew what that feeling was going to be like, but you knew that something was up when the GM is coming in to talk to the both of, to both of us. And um, I think we were both shocked uh, with the trade, not just because of um, it involved both of us, but just the way it happened and who it involved. And, you know, the fact that we both saw it, thought of ourselves as you know very important and um um you know higher profile type of players and you'd expect something greater coming back in return and when you hear just one name and and you, you're kind of shocked by it and you're kind of confused by it but ultimately there was a lot to digest out of that and Lee Stempniak was the guy going back to Toronto and um, for me and Alex, it was now just, you know, saying our goodbyes to the people that we really enjoyed being around that we consider family. And some of my closest friends that played on that team are still my closest friends. So, um, as the day went on, uh, we started to, you know, process a lot of the information together. We traveled to a plane on St. Louis. We both got physicals the next days. We came back to Toronto after that, and we were just waiting, you know, for this new, this, this new challenge to start in our lives. And, um, you know, we get a call as soon as we land from Toronto saying that our visas were done, which we're expected to take a couple of days to get done. And now we got to go back to and meet the team in Colorado. So there was a lot to digest in the first 24 to 48 hours. But I think once we got settled in, we both lived in the same hotel. We were, we had a, we shared a car together. Uh, we were eating at almost every meal together. So we developed more of a closeness and we were sharing a new experience together. And I think that's what we both really appreciated at that time is that you weren't doing it alone. So obviously you were here in St. Louis with Alex for a, a fair amount of time. And then you came back later in your career and Alex was obviously still here. Um, so what, what was the growth like in, in seeing a player like Alexander Steen? Obviously, you know, you kind of mentioned the, the youth movement in Toronto. He comes in as kind of the, the new face, the new kid along with you in St. Louis Obviously, things changed over time, and now Alexander Steen, up until yesterday, was considered a potential captain coming mm -hmm. into this season. So, obviously, something changed to make him a leader. When did you start noticing that uh, in the locker room? 
Um, I started noticing that my second year in St. Louis because I always saw the talent in Alex. I knew he was a special player and a guy that could really have a long career and be successful and be very productive. Um, you know, but you also see, you know, I also saw a guy that struggled in his last two seasons in Toronto and you, you kind of wonder, um, you know, how guys would bounce back from that. And I think he welcomed the new, the, the, the new, um, you know, a, a new team and new fresh start, just like I did. And he, you know, he took advantage of it just like I did our first couple of years in St. Louis, where, you're being thrown into situations to succeed. You're not really being bothered by the distractions away from the rink. You're not really faced with the criticisms of everybody talking negatively about you. You're just there in a new situation where in St. Louis, everybody loved coming to the rink, being in the room, and everybody was excited about what that group uh, had the potential to accomplish. And for Alex, um, you know, when he first got traded there, he, he it was about finding a role for him, just, just as it was for us. And I think he found a really nice role under Andy Murray on that checking line with Jay McClemon and BJ Crombie, who were guys that not, not only could produce, but could be asked to play some of the hard minutes of the game and, and, you know, checking some of the best players on the other team. And I really thought that he, he was a guy that welcomed that opportunity and relished in it. And it's amazing what confidence can do for, for yourself or for anybody that has a lot of it based on, you know, putting a smile on your face and enjoying your surroundings and, you know, um, you know, enjoying the fact that you get to do this in a new city with a new team and new teammates. And that's what I enjoyed even throughout my career when I bounced around so much is getting the chance to meet a lot of new people and see a lot of the new uh, or see a lot of the different places that you can play and how different organizations run. I didn't I didn't like the fact that I couldn't find a place like Alex was able to do and call home for many years because it becomes taxing. But in, in our second year there, Alex came to camp in tremendous shape, and he was a guy that just would never get tired on the ice. And it really, you know, it, it really, you know, caught a lot of people's eyes, including myself. And you just saw how much time and effort he was willing to put into being a really good player for himself and for the team. And his role continued to grow. He started from a checking line. He started to move up, play with better players and be one of the go-to guys in the team when you needed a big goal or a big play to be made. And I think that's where he really established himself as, you know, a guy that he always knew, the guy he got drafted to be, um, you know, uh, under the helm of his, or, you know, being his dad who played in the league and watching him play. So I think those characteristics were always there. But to think about where St. Louis was when we got there, they were a team in transition, just ready to take that next step. And I think, what me and Alex were able to do is um, help that team get to that point. And yeah, you know what? We had a great year when we, when we got there. I think that one of my fondest memories and when we got there, the position where we were after um, the NHL all-star weekend, whereas we were in last place in the conference, 10 points out of a uh, playoff spot. And we went on this incredible run and that created such a, an amazing bond with that group. And we made the playoffs and it just, you know, it started to create a, um, you know, an organizational precedence for us that we wanted to, you know, be a winning team and a winning, create a winning culture. And I think it was frustrating to take a couple steps back a couple of years after that. But you talk about what the Blues were able to accomplish a year ago in winning the Stanley Cup. That process started in 2010. You know, that was nine years of building towards all that, that ultimate goal. And I'd like to think I was a big part of that. And definitely Alex was a big part of that. And for Alex to be able to stay there 
um, you know, and continue to be an important piece of that. I think that's where the leadership qualities in his game continue to grow and continue to develop to, you know, uh, uh, putting himself in a position to retire yesterday, playing over a thousand games and being recognized as one of the best guys, players in St. Louis or players that play with them had a chance to play with because of the impact he had both on and off the ice. Yeah, he's uh, he's a guy, when you look at the record books for the Blues, he's right up there with everybody. And mm-hmm. uh, obviously, long tenure here in St. Louis, as you said. I mean, we saw the transition from fourth line to first line and then becoming a part of really the best fourth line I think I've seen a team have in the Stanley Cup run last year with uh, him, Oscar Sundquist, and Ivan Barbashev. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to ask you, in your terms, obviously – uh, uh, Steen became a huge fan favorite here in St. Louis, uh, you know, 10 year old do that, but there's more to his game than just being a guy who can stick in the lineup for a while. Why do you think it was that he was so beloved and became such a, a big icon for St. Louis sports fans? Well, I think he took a lot of pride in representing himself with class, um, and, you know, representing himself as a guy that was respected, um, with the things that he said, but he backed it up with the way he played. And in that city, in that market, or any in any dressing room, anytime you can be a guy that's being, being that is being required to be a leader, you have to lead by example. And that's where you get the respect of your teammates, your coaches, your trainers, and especially the fans. Is you know you you wear your heart on your sleeve, but you're also a voice that can help yourself, help the team, and help the community. I think. You know, why Why Alex was beloved, too, was the incredible work he did in the community. I mean, you think about that story of Layla Anderson being, you know, such an important piece uh, or such an important part of the Blues Stanley Cup run. It was because what, what Alex did, you know, out of the own goodness of his heart to go out and reach out and, and to make... Uh, make guys aware that you know what there's there's other things in life that we should be grateful for and um, she's an incredible person and we you know in you know in in, in having a, a close friendship with Kelly Chase who is a guy that introduced him to Layla and other things in the community we've seen the impact that Kelly Chase has had even throughout his career and what he does for the community in St. Louis and I think that was something that Alex Dean really you know took a lot of pride in and really um, you know, embraced is the fact that, you know, he, he was really good friends with, with Kelly Chase and saw the impact he had in the city. And, you know, anybody who sees that wants that. And I think that's what Alex really uh, prided himself in is, is being that guy that can both be recognized as a great player for the team, great player for the organization, be a great teammate, but helping the community as well. So um, I think he deserves everything that he's, he, has, he has gotten um, because he's a guy that's never taken anything for granted. And as a guy that has shown his, his appreciation for everything that he's been able to accomplish. And I think the one thing I really feel for, for Alex was the fact that you always want to go out on your own terms. And I feel like this decision was a decision that had a lot of factors play into it. More importantly, health. And I just hope whatever he's dealing with, is something that is not going to be something that hinders him in his post career, because, you know, you like to think that when you walk away from the game, there's a lot of good that comes with it, especially with what he's been able to accomplish of playing over a thousand games, which most guys don't get a chance to do and having a chance to win a Stanley cup and doing it for the most part over 16 years in two cities. Um, in, in, in particular, you know, St. Louis, which I would think Alex would call home. 
So uh, just one quick speculatory question from you. Uh, if he, what do you see from Alex uh, Alexander Steen uh, for his future? Now, obviously, you know, I'm sure there's some insight that you can provide and obviously his teammates now could provide as well, but uh, what do you see him doing post NHL career? Um, I'm not really sure. Cause I don't know what, um, you know, he, I don't really know what uh, things he's uh, really uh, stayed interested in, in his last couple of years. Obviously I've been removed from the game a couple of years and, uh, my last uh, run in St. Louis was in 2013, or sorry, 2014, I believe. And don't get me wrong. I mean, I've made trips back to St. Louis. Uh, I've stayed in touch with Alex uh, through random text messages once in a while when I felt like it's 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 been necessary to do so. Uh, but I would imagine, you know, with his credentials and his profile um, and just his family history, I mean, his dad being an NHL or him being an NHL he would probably want to find a way to stay in the game. And I think he has that in him. He's very smart. He's very knowledgeable. Um, he's seen a lot of things. He's lived a lot of things and maybe a role in management um, or a role on, I mean, I don't know how, how passionate he is about coaching, um, you know, the game of hockey. I know that was something that, that really uh, interested me. Um, but, um, you know, maybe he just wants to enjoy time with his family too. I mean, you talk about, guy who you know has just had another kid too um you know welcome the baby boy into uh his young family again so um whatever it is and whatever he wants to do i think the opportunity is going to be there for him to do it uh because people know and you see the outpour on social media of people complimenting you know him for being the teammate that he was the friend that he was and the player that he was so um, I think anything he wants to do in the hockey world, hopefully it's with St. Louis because that's where he's best remembered and uh, most appreciated. Um, you know, maybe doing something with the alumni, considering how close he is with 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 Kelly Chase. So um, I think he, that that would be something for him to to answer, and maybe too premature for me to answer. Right. No, I agree. Uh, total speculation there. But uh, one uh, one last question for you. Favorite memory, favorite moment? I know this is kind of putting you on the spot, but does anything stand out to you in your time with Alexander Steen? I mean, I could go back to moments where I saw him score his first goal um, in the NHL and Matt Sundin, you know, gave him a big hug for it and me being traded with him to St. Louis and sharing a flight and sharing, you know, our own personal feelings about what had happened and what we're about to enter. Um, you know, making the playoffs for the first time in 2008, that incredible run that we went on, um, you know, playing on a great team that almost won the president's trophy when Ken Hitchcock took over, him scoring some big overtime goals um, that, uh, you know, helped win, win playoff games, win big games. Uh, but ultimately for me, the, the greatest thing that I got to see him do was hoist that Stanley cup. And I still wish to this day that I, you know, all the, the work that I put into my time early in St. Louis, that I could have, you know, prolonged my career just as long as he did in St. Louis. But, you know, for some guys, it works for some guys, it doesn't. And as, as emotional as I was watching that, I was so happy for the, for the guys that did it that I got to be teammates with, uh, including my best friend, Alex Petrangelo and watching him do it and playing one of the best games I've ever seen him play on the biggest stage in game seven uh, to help the blues win the Stanley cup. So for Alex, um, you know, it's, it's really hard to pinpoint one of them. 
um, just because we were, you know, for almost eight years of our career, we spent it together and we shared a lot of great moments doing it. I think, you know, I tell people this all the time and I'm pretty sure Alex would say the same and he's experienced a lot of his best careers and his best moments in St. Louis. But I bet you if you get a chance to ask him, I think one of the regrets, one of the regrets or things that he would have loved to done, which is something I always say I would have loved to do was experience playoff hockey in Toronto. Uh, because not only was I from here, you know, and was a diehard Leafs fan growing up and see the buzz around this city when playoff hockey comes around. And he's a guy that, uh, you know, basically um, was welcomed into that same scenario of playing in the hockey mecca of the world and playing in one of the, the greatest hockey markets in the world, but not getting a chance to play at the greatest time of the year um, in hockey uh, where, where, you know, you could have experienced Maple Leafs hockey. So maybe that's something he probably shares too uh, with my uh, sort of reminiscing, but uh, for ultimately for Alex, um, it's not, uh, it's like I said before, it's, it, it, you don't find too many guys that can play a thousand games in the league. And fortunately for me, I mean, I played half of those games, um, one of my other best friends on our team that uh, we grew up in Toronto with, Matt Stage, and got to share the same feed a couple of years ago too. So I think I just feel special. I feel happy for those guys that they were able to leave the game with that. Awesome. Well, Carlo, thank you very much. I always appreciate you coming on the show. Obviously, we're going to bug you to come on again. We really appreciate it. And um, obviously, a longtime teammate of Alexander Steen. And uh, we'll I'll discuss this at the end of the podcast. But first up, uh, on TSN 1050, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern time, Monday through Friday. Make sure you check out Carlo. You can stream it online. Uh, Carlo, thank you very much for coming back on the show. Hey, my pleasure, Jeff. Uh, thanks for having me, and uh, all the best to you in the Christmas holidays here. Hopefully you and your family will have a safe one and a, a very merry one. Yes, same to you. Thank you very much. Appreciate thanks, it. Thanks, buddy. All right, take care. As far as what I want to say to wrap up this Steen audio montage, I was trying to think of a personal memory I had with Steen as a member uh, of the media so many years ago. Obviously, I interviewed him multiple times, both at practices and after games, but nothing really kind of stood out to me in terms of our interactions. However, there there are two things that come to mind when I think of Steen pre- and post-game Um, I've got some pretty hysterical stories and I know I've told some here on the show about David Backus and Ryan Reeves for, uh, just a couple to name drop there. Uh, but there's a reason I don't really have any funny anecdotes about Steen. He was always a professional with the media and never truly strayed away from discussing the positives and negatives of the blues play. Uh, he was always the serious voice in the media telling us exactly what went wrong or right and always had an eye out for improving his game or the team's game as a whole. It was always uh, straight to business with Steen and every media scrum. Uh, That's not to say uh, that uh, he didn't have fun with his teammates, though. Uh, The second thing I'll add is that uh, I would get to the rink about an hour and a half before game time, and there was always one sight I would see as I walked down the steps into the bowels of the arena. Steen, along with a group of others, always had the soccer ball out and were juggling. These guys were close, and it was always the routine before home games. I'm sure it was the same in a road games. Uh, I have no doubt that Steen was a big part of the formation of this routine, as he was always a leader with his teammates. And I think uh, Blues fans know that, uh, just knowing how 
close uh, these, these, these guys have come, especially after winning a Stanley Cup. So Alexander Steen, a Stanley Cup champion, most important, I think, is the thing to take away here. That's a big moment for any hockey player, but an unbelievable career and uh, truly one of the leaders in the locker room for the St. Louis Blues in the time he was here. A big thanks goes out to everyone who participated in this episode. Make sure to check out Chris Frank on the Blues Hockey Podcast, as well as Carlo Koliakovo on First Up on TSN 1050, which can be heard from 5 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Daylight Time and streamed online. Also, a big thanks goes out to Tom Calhoun, and I strongly encourage you to check Tom out on Cameo.com, where you can get a personalized shout-out from the man himself. All proceeds go to Layla's Be The Match charity, so definitely a very good cause. And again, thank you to everyone who participated in this episode. It was a lot of fun. I really appreciate it. Uh, Just want to close up by saying make sure you check out the Let'sGoBlues.com shop for shirts and stickers. Subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, and you listen over at letsgoblues.com slash radio. Rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts if you feel inclined. We'd love you for it. Uh, make sure you check out all the social medias uh, for everything with Let's Go Blues Radio. The show Twitter's at LGB Radio. Kurt Price is at Kurt Price. That's Kurt with a C. Bill Day is at Billy Blue Note. And myself, Jeff Ponder, can be found at jponder94. Remember, we are on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we're everywhere. So do not miss us on social media. Uh, Merry Christmas, everyone. Happy New Year, but we'll talk to you before the New Year. And uh, obviously, everything else in between. Every holiday that can be celebrated, obviously, uh, uh, Hanukkah's over. But thank you, everybody, for listening. We are always very grateful for the love and support that we've gotten from our fan base. So I hope everyone's having a great holiday season. Uh, next show, it'll be next week sometime, probably Wednesday, maybe live. Uh, we'll see, but uh, definitely expect the show next week. We will be back as obviously there is still stuff to talk about. Well, that will conclude this episode. And again, I want to congratulate Alexander Steen on a wonderful career. And I wish him nothing but the best going forward. On behalf of Bill Day and Kirk Price, I'm Jeff Ponder, and let's go Blues. Uh, the Chiefs are at home tonight against Cyanusport at the War Memorial at 8. Good seats are still available. A look at sports. I think that went very well. Thank you for listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Now take off, hosers. Well, there's 90 minutes of your life you'll never get back. Sorry. <laughs> St. Louis Blues, St. Louis Blues, have you heard the news about our St. Louis Blues? They've only just begun, they're on their way to number one, now there's no more blues for our St. Louis Blues. The Blues are on the ice tonight again, they're rough and tough and got the stuff to win. They'll always get one more, no matter what the score. They are quite a hockey team, my friends.